Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. It's amazing as we were worshiping God, and and if you've ever done this, at least for me, it may be different for the other pastors, I really, it's so hard for me to get caught up per se in the worship because the word of God that's on my heart anytime I'm preaching it or teaching it, it's just, I get so consumed with it because I have such a heart and desire, and we all do, I know that, as pastors here on staff at Tree of Life Church, to want to see you so equipped and well-trained in Scripture. Scripture, God's Word, the Bible, is the whole key and essence to your journey and your walk with the Lord. And, and, and I believe, because number one, you're here tonight, but I believe you truly love the Word of God, don't you? Amen. Everybody look at me. I'm looking at all of you as much as I can. How many love the word of God? What's the dynamic though is there's such a mixture in our church. We've got folks here tonight. You've just recently started your journey with the Lord. And I want to say to you, congratulations, by the way. That's exciting. How many remember when you gave your life to the Lord? How many remember that? Some of you looking out at some of you, my brother especially there, some recently, some of you have been at this you know, for a long time. But so the dynamic is you're, you're thinking of this message you want to teach and preach and present and you're thinking you got folks that are just starting in their journey with the Lord and you got folks that, that you know, probably can teach it better possibly or they've definitely heard it for sure But you know what the bottom line is? This is the way I like to approach my teaching. I just want to envision us just sitting down in my living room and just we're going to just talk about this particular topic, faith. Does that sound good to you? Because let me start out with those who are beginning in their journey with the Lord. Let me mention this for the premise of the message, especially for you again who are starting out brand new in your journey with the Lord and maybe you never heard anything about faith yet. And folks, this may shock you, there are probably, I bet, at least one person, if not more, who've never literally heard a teaching about faith. They heard the word faith mentioned because they've been coming to church maybe for a couple weeks or a couple months, or they maybe have been reading through their Bible. But they're so brand new in the Lord, they've never heard a teaching about faith. So let me share this for those of you who are in that category. Faith, literally as, literally as the title says, and if you look at the title with me, faith at a personal level. Faith is the most personal thing in your life that's between you and the Lord. There's nothing else that will be as personal as your faith will be between you and the Lord. See, I have faith Each and every one of you individually have faith. And if you're here tonight, by the way, and you haven't yet accepted Jesus, tonight's your night, I believe that. I believe you're gonna make the decision, and guess what? As you make the decision tonight to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior for the very first time, this is what the Bible says. At that moment that you become born again, brand new is what that means on the inside. 
because that's where all your trouble's coming from in your life. You think it's just outward circumstances. No, it's because we don't have a Lord and Savior on the inside of us leading and guiding us and helping us to make good decisions. How many are with me tonight? But what's gonna happen at that moment that you accept Jesus, and for those of you who have accepted Jesus, the Bible says you get a gift of faith. A measure, everybody say measure. You're given a measure of faith. And what's really cool about this, because God's no respecter of persons, what he does is, when each and every one of us have accepted Jesus or will accept Jesus, listen, he gives every one of us the exact same measure to start out with. How many believe that's pretty cool? It isn't like, oh, you know her over here, she's got such pretty, pretty red hair, I'm gonna give her an extra dose of faith. She got a greater measure. Chelsea over here, she just sings like an angel a very loud angel, but she sings like an angel. So I'm gonna give her double portion than Ken when she starts out in her journey. It doesn't, it doesn't work that way. God says, I've given each and every one of you the same measure. Now here's the key. We all have the same measure to start out with, but it's our responsibility to take that measure, and we're gonna show this from scripture, because faith is the most personal thing that you will ever experience between you and the Lord. It's the most personal thing that God will consistently deal with you about, help you with, and encourage you concerning, and that's your faith. Because you may be thinking in your mind, oh no, God really wants to get more personal and at a personal level about the stuff in my life, the things I'm constantly doing wrong and the things I just can't seem to get free from. That's the stuff that God really wants to get personal about, not faith, Ken. Uh, wrong answer. It's your faith because it's faith that's gonna walk you out of the bondages in your life it's the faith that's gonna see you free. I love what Pastor Cody said in his exhortation that the psalm that they sing didn't say that God's going to remove the shackles. According to scripture, they are already removed. They are already broken. They already are destroyed. The things that are entangling you. But Pastor Ken, I currently have things in my life. How can they already be, be, be destroyed? I'm feeling them. I'm experiencing these bondages in my life. This stuff is tearing me apart. How can you say it already is? Because in God's eyes, he's already taken care of it. All you and I have to do is reach out and receive it. But the only way you reach out and receive your deliverance that far as God's concerned is already taken care of is the measure of faith that God's given you. See, the saddest day for me would be that the, from the day I got born again to the day that I die and go home to be with the Lord, I've never done anything with this measure of faith that God's given me. That I start out in my journey, listen to me, everybody look at me. I've started out in my journey with this, and Chelsea, I die with this measure of faith. That's the saddest day of Ken's life. 
because that's not what this measure of faith that God's given you as a gift to start you out in your journey with is for. It's not to be up on the mantle and cherish and I don't pull down and rub on and say, look at Chelsea, look at my measure. Woo, ain't that pretty? You like my measure too? Isn't it nice? Got a little red thing going on there. Little blue in there. Isn't that nice? Listen, by the time I'm done and I go home to be with the Lord, this measure should be this and it should be all nicked up, beat up, battered. Because it's a tool that I'm called of God to use because it's the most personal thing between the Lord and I. And if it's the most personal thing between the Lord and me and you and the Lord, I guarantee it. In fact, I got scripture to back that guarantee up. The enemy will do everything he can to come and steal the faith that I got because it's the most personal thing I could ever have between me and my Lord and you and your Lord because faith is the most important thing that you will ever have between you and Jesus. We starting out all right so far? So for, for as, as we say, the newbies, those just recently born again, I hope that helps you stay focused now. Now, for those of you who've been in the Lord a long time, I'm challenging you right now. What in the world have you done with your measure of faith and what have you been doing? I believe, I believe you've been developing it. You know what I'm believing? My measure's so big that I wouldn't be able to stand up here with two little fingers and hold it. I want Arnold Schwarzenegger faith muscles. How many are following me? Let's look at scripture, let's go to our notes. Let's prove this. Hebrews 11, verse six, first scripture up on the screen, first scripture on your notes. It says, but without faith it is impossible. Impossible, mark that. It's impossible to what? Say it. Say it louder. So, but without faith it is impossible to please him, capital H, meaning God. For he who comes to God, do you come to God on a daily basis? Should we come to God on a daily basis? We call it our prayer time, our devotional time, our prayer requests, our time in the prayer closet, however you define it. You should be coming to God, not just a moment in every day. You should be coming to God, prayer, communication to the Lord throughout the day. How many believe talking to God could be at any time, anywhere? I caught myself recently, I didn't even realize it. I was walking through, I think it was AGB. And man, I was one of those guys, you would have went nutcase. I literally was holding the conversation, just talking to the Lord, and I was all by myself with my, with my shopping cart. And I didn't realize I was just into it. And I'm walking down the aisle, just, you know, man, I just, I'm going like this. I know, Lord, I know, just, I, all right. All right, so what, you know, and I'm, I'm holding this conversation, pushing this shopping cart. And all of a sudden, I came to myself and realized, and people were like, mm-hmm. Good thing I didn't have my Tree of Life shirt on, huh? That would have been, 
That would have been cool. <laughs> Probably not. But notice it says here, for he who comes to God, but notice prior to that, it says you can't please him. So that's why faith is the most personal thing between you and the Lord, because without it, and you're never gonna find any other topic, you're not gonna find any other subject in scripture that it says without it, you can't please him. And literally where it says impossible to please him. So that's why faith is the most personal thing that will ever be between you and the Lord. How many feel like just by that stating that or that statement, it makes you want to really know about faith and develop your faith? Because it says here, why? For he who comes to God, that's us, why? Because we are followers of Christ. You must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who what? Mark diligently seek him. See, I've found over the years that the more I want to continue to develop the measure of faith that God's given me because it's the most personal thing between the Lord and I, it literally propels me to want to seek him diligently. Because scripture says he's the author and the finisher of Ken's faith. He's the one that helps Ken develop it. And it literally is the most personal thing between the Lord and I, so therefore, I wanna develop it. Because the more I develop my faith, the more I'm going to know him. I love when we as believers say, I wanna know you, Jesus, more than I ever have. Guess what he's going to do? He's going to, at a personal level, at your level, help you begin to develop your faith slash your trust in him like never before. Hebrews 11, verse one. In the message paraphrase, it says the fundamental fact of, his, of existence, the fundamental fact of why you breathe is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. Faith is the most personal thing that you will ever have between you and God. And if you haven't learned and haven't been trained, or let me add, if you're not purposing to pursue to train yourself in your faith, you're missing out on the most fundamental fact of existence and you're not quite equipped in trusting God on a continued growth level that he wants you to. Therefore, you and I will never really get to experience him at a personal level that he wants us to. Folks, I'm here to tell you right now, God wants you to know him at a level you never thought He's not just the big guy in the sky that just drops stuff on you when you need it. When you in trouble, you ask God and he just, there's your blessing. This is a relationship thing. This is under everything that makes life worth living. I wonder why maybe, maybe this is the answer actually. Maybe that's why Christians, with the Bible calls backsliding, maybe that's why Christians backslide. Because if this particular scripture is true in this paraphrase, that it's the fundamental fact of existence, trusting God or faith, and that's what makes life worth living, I wonder maybe that's why Christians say, ah, What's the use of following Jesus? Because they haven't worked and pursued and possibly been taught and trained in the church that they go to that you develop 
that measure of faith that you've been given because it's the most personal thing between you and the Lord. I'm, I'm here to tell you, listen to me. Uh, I'm about ready to do the woo thing. I'm getting excited. The more that you understand this concept that you just keep developing your faith, trust in him. Keep developing your faith in him. Trust in him. Lord, I trust you more now than I ever have. And how many know life will test that? You will be, you'll begin to find yourself saying, more, I'm more in love with Jesus than I ever have. Look at this. Let's continue. It's our handle on what we can't see. It's our handle on what we can't see. The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. And referring here to the ancestors, meaning the nation of Israel, completely out of bondage, Egypt as slaves, delivered, called to develop a new nation of which the lineage of Christ can be born out of, how many know a big responsibility? Face a lot of obstacles. But their faith, listen, everybody look at me, their trust in the Lord was developed to the point that th to this day, the nation of Israel is considered a nation of God, of which most heathen nations hate. Number one, the first personal level of faith is your heart. Mark that. See, faith is a matter of the heart. That's why faith is the most personal thing between you and the Lord, because it's a matter of your heart. Now, the heart here is not talking about that, that, that thing inside your chest that's pumping. You can feel it right now. I'm very glad you can feel it. I hope you can feel it. We don't want to have to have a healing service right now. How many feel that? That's, that's your physical heart. The heart here is talking about the very center of your core of your beliefs and who you are. It's an unseen heart. It's the heart where your spirit and your soul meet. The real you is the spirit. The day that that body quits working, we're gonna have what we call a funeral. And some of you will choose whether your body is in a casket or gets cremated, whatever, but we're gonna have a funeral which some we like to call memorial service or a celebration of your life and your body will be left behind. But the real you is the spirit and the real you is the spirit and you possess a soul that's intermixed in your spirit and that's all gets to go to heaven. We all get to eat fried chicken down here at your funeral or after your funeral hopefully. I tell my family do whatever you want at my funeral because <laughs> I won't care because I'm going to be looking at Jesus going, wow, you are amazing. How many know what I'm talking about? So your heart is where your spirit and your soul meet. Your soul is your mind, your will, and your emotions. That's what makes up your soul. So that's why faith is the most personal thing you ever have between you and the Lord. And that's why the first level of faith is your heart, because the heart's the very center of who you are. Let me prove to you what I mean by that. Whatever decisions you've made thus far in your life, both good and bad, have been because of your heart. If you decide to leave your spouse because they ain't what you thought they were gonna be and they ain't turned out to what you wanted them to turn out and you decide it's time to trade them in. That's because your heart 
turned to darkness instead of truly to what God wants it to be, and that's unconditional love. Now let me add this because somebody's gonna come up to me afterwards, so I've been doing this long enough to add this. I know some divorces I understand if there's abuse involved, I get that. But I'm telling you, I'm a pastor, I've been doing this a very long time. 99% of divorces are not having to do with abuse. I'm talking physical abuse and their life is threatened. 99% of divorces are we have grown out of love. I mean, follow me. That's a heart thing. And I I don't wanna get into all of it, but it's a heart thing. So whatever good decisions you make, it's because out of the, scripture says this, and we're gonna get into this, it talks about the goodness of the heart. Let's go on if we can. I'm gonna prove this to you. Letter A, no two hearts are the same. No two hearts are the same. Matthew 9, 29, then touched he their eyes saying, according to your faith be what? Say it again, according to your faith. See, whatever's in your heart, faith-wise, is what's gonna be done in your life. Not Pastor Ken praying for you, not Billy Bob praying for you. I can, I can take my faith and connect it to my brother's faith over there. But ultimately, what's going to be done to you is where your faith is at. What have you done with your faith, in other words? Jesus is telling them, this is happening to you right now. The miracle that they were experiencing right then and there, he told them, this is because of your faith. Not because I, the son of God, am laying hands on you. Because that's what we could think when we read scripture through the four gospels. Oh, all those miracles is because Jesus, it was, come on, it was Jesus. Of course there's gonna be miracles. No, he made that statement for a reason because he wanted to clarify for the ages to come all the way up until 2016 for you and I to see that the key to it being done unto you according to God's promises is your faith. What are you doing with that measure of faith he's given you? How, have you been developing it and building it? Look at this, a study of the heart. This is what I wanted to get to. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all. Deuteronomy 4, 29. But from, from, but from there you will seek the Lord and you will find him. You will find him. You will find him. You will know him at a very personal level if if you seek him at the level of your heart and all your soul. Boom, I just want to drop the mic right there. Christianity, the most personal thing you will ever have between you and the Lord is your faith and faith abides and dwells right in your heart. So when someone is struggling Oh, I don't know about this commitment thing to Jesus. Or maybe some of you have a spouse that just, you know, they're questioning. I don't know about really being on fire for Jesus and going on with the Lord. It's because stuff has gotten in their heart and is warring against their faith. Period. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. Keep your heart with all diligence. Let me, re- let me do a Ken Westerman paraphrase. Keep your heart by really working hard to develop your faith with all the diligence you got. With every effort, ounce of effort you have. 
develop your faith. Because see, if I wake up and say, I'm gonna develop my faith today, and we're gonna show if we have time, which we won't, I'm gonna, I'm gonna develop my faith today, and it's a very simple process. I just get scripture in my ears and in my eyes. That's all you gotta do, by the way. Right then and there, I have purpose to watch over my heart. As Soon as I crack open my Bible, right then and there, I've already purpose to watch over my heart with all diligence. Because the world's out there is trying to stuff all kinds of junk in your eyes and all kinds of junk in your ears and all that junk in your eyes and all that junk in your ears is gonna end up junk in your heart. And when that junk gets in your heart, it's gonna get you to start doubting. And what is gonna get you to start doubting is the very word of God, the very voice of God, the very essence of God, because the world is anti-God. Come on now. I need more than two people to say amen on that. Gosh, that's awesome. I'm sorry, I'm encouraging my, look at this. Keep your heart with all diligence for out of it spring what? The very essence of life. See, you, I'm sure you don't wake up every day and say, you know what, I really hope my life's terrible today. You wake up and say, man, some of you are waking up saying this right now, I hope my life starts going better than what it currently is. Been there, done it. Some of you waking up every morning and say, man, is this all there is to my life? I mean, things are okay, I'm not, I mean, bills are being paid, I'm healthy, but just something's not right. There's gotta be more to my life. See, scripture says watch over your heart because there is the very personal level of who you are and where your faith resides, and faith is the most personal thing that you will ever have between you and the Lord. And if you develop that, all of a sudden, you're gonna begin to realize from your heart will come the guidance and the leading of the Lord. And all of a sudden, you'll wake up one day and God will say, you know what? You're right. There is more to your life. You were just kind of going through a season, but now I have a new season. You're going to quit your job because I want you to do this. You think I'm kidding? Or whatever it may be. Now, everybody going to say, God gave a word through Pastor Ken to quit our jobs. <laughs> Sometimes we do that prematurely and God wants us to stay there even though it's tough because he wants to develop your heart. Anyways, Mark 12, 30. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. This is the what? First commandment. Isn't that pretty cool? Let's go on. Letter B. <clears throat> Excuse me. What's in your heart will be revealed. See, if you're not developing faith, which resides in your heart, the most personal thing you ever have between you and the Lord, when a tough, a difficult circumstance slams your life, squeezes the snot out of you, how do you know what I'm talking about? You're going to find out what's in you. All right, some of you are so holy, I'm going to prove it to you. You in your garage, your ladies, you're in the kitchen, and you strike your thumb, and all of a sudden, beep! This colorful metaphor flows from your lips. And your children go, Mom! Dad! None of you do that. Where'd that come from? You'll be amazed what's lodged down in your heart. A lot of times, because just simply this world that we live in. 
You may have coworkers that that's all they do all day. And you fight not to do it. But when the pressure comes, what's been implanted in you through your eyes and through your ears comes out. <laughs> Next time somebody hit their hammer, their, their, the thumb on the hammer, they're going to go, mm, I can't do it. And they're going to come tell me. They're going to show me their squished thumb and they're going to say, see, I didn't cuss. Telling you, it's going to happen. Luke 6, 45, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, what brings forth good? An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, for out of the abundance of the heart, The greatest weapon, write this down. It's not in your notes. The greatest weapon you have is your mouth. In fact, go to letter C under number one. Fill in that blank. What's in your heart is the key to your victorious testimony. And I need you to go to number two for the sake of time. The second personal level of your faith is your voice. Mark that blank, that's number two. The second, the first is your heart. And we just read out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth will speak. Whatever's in your heart will, will be declared through your mouth, period. You could try to be a, you could try to cover that up, whatever you're gonna do. You could be a, put on a facade, but I'm telling you when the pressure comes, when the squeeze comes, it's coming out. And by the way, the scriptures we didn't get to read, I'm encouraging you, please read them. Especially James chapter one, that's in your notes. Listen, this is important. Don't look at them on your notes, do it later. This is important, everybody listen. God will certain times orchestrate the squeeze, by the way. I know we don't want to hear that, but there are times in your life, my life, God will orchestrate the squeeze so that you find out what's in your heart. He already sees it. And I'm going to tell you something. Listen to me. This is very important. You've got to understand this statement. This is probably one of the most powerful statements tonight. Since your heart, your faith is the most personal thing between you and the Lord, that's what God sees all the time. You don't get to see it, but God does. And here you are trying to snuggle up with the Lord in your relationship, and you keep praying, Lord, I want to get close to you. I want to get closer to you. Man, I want to know you at a new level. And God's like, okay, you're snuggling up with me, and I want you to know me at a personal level, but I see this big thing right there. This thing, it ain't purdy, that's in your heart. Remember, God's got to see this all the time. He loves you no matter what, but he gets to see it. So guess what God's going to do? He'll orchestrate the big squeeze is what me and my wife call it when we go, when a, when a, when a storm hits our life, we're like, here comes the big squeeze. <laughs> and poof, he'll orchestrate. Not, not every moment of squeeze in your life is God. Get that out of your minds. God, I wish we had time to go through that. One I'll prove to you, mark this down, is Acts 10, 38. This is the biggest one on my heart. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power, and Jesus went about with that Holy Ghost and power, doing good and healing all, healing all who were oppressed of the devil. 
So that tells you right there where sickness and disease comes from. Anyways, I'm hitting the pause button back to play. So the big squeeze, God, there's times God will orchestrate the big squeeze for you to see what's really in your heart. And it will come out your mouth. Whether you're trusting him, believing him, or doubting him. Letter A, no two voices are the same. No two voices are the same. You know, the FBI years ago did a study on voice recognition. Now, you know every one of us have different fingerprints. And they can, you can deny all you want that you did a crime, but if your fingerprints are found in decisiveness that you were the one with the weapon or whatever, your fingerprints are on there, they're gonna hook you on that just simply because nobody else has your fingerprints. But they have found in voice recognition and study of voice that no two people have the same voice. That's phenomenal to me. When I heard that, now that's been around for a long time. In fact, they have software now that does 100% voice recognition. Years ago, it was fuzzy, but now with computers, they can prove you were at a crime or you were part of a crime just simply by voice. Think about that. See, for me as a faith guy, that struck me because, let's read on in our notes. Letter A was no two voices are the same. Look at B. Faith is always voice activated. And I want to finish that FBI study here with, after we read this. Look at Mark 11, 22 through 26. Jesus was matter of fact, and this is what he said. Embrace this God life. How many want the God life? In the Greek, it's the word zoe, and that simply means the God kind of life. See, at your personal level of relationship with Jesus, he wants you not to just experience him in a relationship at that personal level, but he wants that personal relationship at that level that you can have and will have to start spilling over into your life outwardly. In other words, this is how I put it. God wants to start proving to people all around you how personal of a relationship you really have. That's pretty cool. That was the number one reason my dad gave his life to the Lord. My dad was a stout Catholic. And this was his favorite saying. Matter of fact, I spent two weeks with him on vacation. He said it again. Son, I always remember looking back when you first gave your life to the Lord, how you always came out smelling like a rose. That was his favorite saying. Because when I first came, gave my life to the Lord, my life was such a mess. There, there are things that had to happen for the good in order to get me out even at, by the age of 17, to get me out of the legal mess and all kinds of junk I was into. So it had to start lining up, and he saw that happen in my life. And that's what provoked him to give his life. Isn't that cool? So people are watching you, and God knows they're watching you. And he wants to show them the shower of blessings on your life because you're, you're at that personal level with him. Are you with me? Faith always is voice activated. So it says, embrace this God life. Really embrace it now. It's gonna prove to you and I, how do we embrace this God's life? I'm glad you asked that. Here's how. And nothing will be too much for you. By the way, mark that. Nothing will be too much for you. Some of you here right now, you're under such pressure. The squeeze is on you so much that you feel like you're about to give in. And I'm telling you, here's your promise. Here we go. He says, embrace this God life, really embrace it and nothing will be too much for you. 
This mountain, for instance, some of you feel like there's a mountain on top of you. Just say. Just say. How do you say with your voice, with your mouth? Because your voice is so unique in the spirit realm. My brother over there, Tom, can stand up and proclaim the word of God and demons know his voice. Angels know his voice. Now, when I stand up with my voice and proclaim scripture, devils know my voice. Angels know my voice. Guess what? He could prophesy over my life, and that's cool, brother, and I appreciate you adding unto my life, but the bottom line is, am I prophesying the will of God, the promises of God with my unique voice into the spirit realm? Woo, come on. I want devils to know Ken when Ken speaks. Because my voice is unique. When I speak, when you speak, listen to this. God goes, yeah, there's my boy Ken. Can you hear his voice? You think that's a joke? It's not, read scripture. The Bible says our prayers, like incense, go in to the very nostrils and ears of God. Come on! And I used to think, how's he going to discern all those prayers going on? It's like just a bunch of incense. You know, my mind, I'm like, how's God going? Every voice is like fingerprints. He knows every one of us by voice. God. We're going to end here. You say to the mountain, say it. Voice activated faith. Go jump in the lake. How many feel like that's just the appropriate thing to say? Devil, go take a hike and take your mountain and just jump in the lake, Jack. Look at this. So crazy in the message paraphrase. No shuffling or shilly shallying. My wife had to help me with the shilly shallying. I couldn't even get it right. And it's as good as done. Did you catch this? Study these verses. When you open your mouth and speak the word of God, it's good as done. You should be able to sleep at night because you said with your unique voice for your life and your voice only, you said the word of God and God watches over his word to perform it. Boom. What do you think of that? Hey, we're out of time. Way over time. Don't tell nobody. Did you get anything out of this tonight? Felt like we were just getting wound up, man. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas. Or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.